Oh man, the week is here that we've been looking forward to for a long time now, just thinking and dreaming of turkey. Whether you call it dressing or whether you call it stuffing, my understanding is if it's been stuffed, if you know what I mean, it's stuffing. If it's not been stuffed, it's dressing. That's what I understand. But, uh, but anyway, um, man, pies. Anybody excited about pies this week? Oh, I mean, these desserts that are stand, sitting right here, Drew called attention to them. I hope that when we eat here in just a second, y'all come by and look at this table. Our students have done an absolutely, rem- this is a beautiful table of desserts. And I hope that you guys are ready to send them to Memphis as a result of just buying some, some dessert. I mean, this is the week that we have been excited about. Sweet potatoes, pies, stuffing, dressing, rolls, cranberry sauce. I know, some of you guys are like nasty. Some of y'all that love Jesus are like, man, this stuff is awesome. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, cranberry sauce is fabulous and amazing, even out of the can, just with a spoon, out of the can, jelly, cranberry sauce, you know, it's good. It's good for you too, promise. No, it's not, don't, don't believe me on that one. Uh, but, uh, but man, this is, this is the week. You know, I, I don't know what your tradition is. I don't know what this week looks like for you. If you have a traditional Thanksgiving meal, you have a non-traditional thing, if you don't even, don't even go through the Thanksgiving um, uh, season, or anything, I, I'm not sure what your, what your thought is about this week. Bottom line is, I know you're going to eat this week. You're going to eat at some point, whether it's tonight after service is over, whether it's tomorrow morning for breakfast, whatever it is, there's going to be food that's going to be consumed. And what I hope is, is that over the last couple of weeks, there's been a spiritual connection already made. Yes, the tasty, beautiful, amazing food here and in that back corner over there that we get to eat here in just a few moments. Spiritual experience from a standpoint, it's just so dang good. And thank goodness God created the hands to be able to prepare that type of food that it just, oh, it's just mouthwatering and amazing. But there's something even bigger than that. There's a spiritual connection that we need food to sustain our bodies. And because of that, we can see Jesus created us with that need. If you haven't already started thinking about the spiritual connection that food, when when God created us, he made our bodies need them, I hope that this week is your week. You know, we've been in a series called Family Dinner. And uh, uh, we've been focusing on the fact that food is designed to indeed be a spiritual experience because just as food sustains our bodies, Jesus sustains our life. And every time we get hungry, we are reminded of the fact that we need something to sustain us. And it's far more than just food. We need something much larger than just food, but food is the indicator for us of the sustenance that we need. Whenever those hunger pains show up, hopefully we are reminded to pursue after um, his righteousness, his goodness each time. Even on the other side of the meal, there was an Old Testament practice where the blessing was actually given after the meal was over. We learned that. When the blessing is afterwards, because a lot of times when we're satisfied, we don't seek the Lord, but when we're in need, we seek God. And so there was this challenge to thank the Lord for the, his sustenance after you eat also. Kind of an interesting deal there. Last week, we did just what Joel prayed. We feasted on the word of God. We talked about how food is one thing. Just as Jesus said that he had food that we knew nothing about. He was talking to his early disciples. The same is true that 
that there's food, there's spiritual food, and that as we feast on the word of God, it satisfies. It satisfies life in a way that desserts and, you know, main courses, and they can't, they can't sustain life. But we feast on the word of God. Jesus invites us to feast with him, celebrating with full bellies of his truth. And then we talked about as we open our homes and we bring hospitality and we, we try to have excellent hospitality as people come into our home, we hope that our tables point to God's table. Our tables point to God's table because God invites us to come to him and to be well-fed. And that's what we want. When we open our homes and we invite people in, we want people to not only be well-fed from a food standpoint, but to be well-fed from a life standpoint. That happens through Jesus. And tonight, kind of an interesting irony that we have tonight, where we're going to be eating delicious food. We're going to be having an auction on this remarkable, amazing dessert. And it's only fitting that we're talking about fasting tonight. So have some of that, you know, that's kind of exciting to think that we're going to go without as we are surrounded by the extravagance of all of this food. Uh, the main reason is, is that fasting reminds us of our need for God. So yeah, whenever we are able to fill ourselves with delicious food, and that to remind us that God's our sustainer, we also intentionally go without food at times to remind ourselves of our need for God to meet our needs. And so it's a kind of an interesting deal that we're doing tonight, but it's, it's fitting. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. And while you're, uh, while you're turning there, uh, just remember, this is the spiritual practice of fasting. This is a spiritual discipline that it's, it's covered throughout all of, all of Scripture. I mean, dating all the way back to Moses, he fasted uh, as he spent time with the Lord as God downloaded the Ten Commandments to him. There was a time of fasting that took place. And by the way, I did read this last night. David Crowder, this dude is witty. He pointed out this last week that Moses was the first to download anything from the cloud. I was like, dude, you are a genius. Yeah, Steve Jobs or whoever created the cloud or whatever. I don't even know who created it, but Moses downloaded first. Anyway, Daniel, he feasted. There's this whole fasting plan these days called the Daniel Fast. Obviously, the fasting we're talking about is not a diet plan. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, but there's a whole thing around that. John the Baptist, he followed a specific meal plan in his fast. I mean, there was a very zealous meal plan that he had there. Um, Jesus, he fasted in the wilderness in his time of preparation before beginning his earthly ministry. And then today, we look at the early church. Acts chapter 13, 1 through 3. There's several different instances, but this one in particular the church fasted before sending out the first two missionaries to spread the gospel all over the world. Paul and Barnabas, they fasted to identify Paul and Barnabas, and then they fasted as they set them apart for gospel ministry. So let's read here. Acts chapter 13, 1 through 3. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. Now, 
This word fasting, you know, in that original language there, what it means is to abstain as a religious exercise from food and drink, either entirely if the fast lasts but a single day, or from customary and choice nourishment if it continues for several days. So fasting is one of those things that it not only calls people to go without something, what it does is it also focuses us to remember the reason that we're going without. We'll get there in just a moment of why we're gonna be doing that this week or this month, whatever the Lord leads in your life. But what we want to do is we wanna keep whatever the reason is on the focal point, the front, the forefront of our minds each time that we're reminded of the thing that we're going without. So whenever the hunger pain shows up, we're reminded that we're praying, that whatever we're going without, whatever space we've created, we're allowing the Spirit of God to fill the space that we have created for Him. Now, it's, this is not something that we're just naturally inclined to do. Going without, especially in the culture in which we live, is not something that humanity tends to want to, to do. I mean, uh, but, but here's the thing is that Jesus assumed that this would be a normal practice. In his first message, as he sat on the side of the mountain and he's teaching, he says the words, and when you fast. He goes on to explain what behavior needs to look like while fasting. Um, but his words are, and when you fast. So the expectation is that this is going to be a practice in our lives and so this is one of the disciplines of abstinence that we find throughout Scripture. And uh, here we are, though, in our culture. Consumption and comfort, right? These are the things that our culture absolutely loves. There are millions and millions and millions of dollars every year spent by marketing departments in order to play up our desires for more. To get more, more food, more clothing, more things, more stuff. Millions and millions and millions of dollars are spent every single year to the point where having what is wanted is almost considered a right rather than a privilege. That's kind of where we are. And so here we find ourselves where it's almost our right to be able to have excess. It's almost the right to be able to, to get whatever we want. We're actually following the, the lead of Jesus where he says, deny yourself. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And as we make that space, we can point ourselves to the Lord. And so it's the question that a lot of folks can ask is why go without? Why is this so important? Well, the reality that this is so important is because when we fast, we become aware that the rumblings that are in our hearts for so many things in this world, really what they are is they're a hungering for our creator and our redeemer to sustain us. All of this stuff that, that we want, that we order online, and that we, we believe that it's gonna bring some sort of satisfaction to have that particular thing, and then we get it, and then we love doing whatever we're doing with it for a period of time. And then it, it's interesting, isn't it? It kind of gets old. And that's because we're, we're, we're hoping satisfaction comes from a, a thing rather than this 
understanding of fasting. And when we go without and we on purpose deny ourselves, it actually gives us more of a satisfaction, more of a fulfillment, more of a filling in our lives because what really fills is more capable of filling that space. And so when we fast, we feast on God's kingdom. We feast on the goodness of God. We feast on his word. We feast on the things of God that he longed for us to focus on. And so we turn our appetites to hunger and thirst for his righteousness, to hunger and thirst for the goodness of God in the world in which we live. And so we're focusing and we're looking more for the things that are good rather than what we naturally are drawn to, which is the things that are not good. And so it's a self-discipline that really benefits in a big, big way. And so here we, here we find ourselves. You know, we as a church, we've gone through several different seasons of fasting. We've done it in a number of ways. And uh, if you've been around Legacy for any length of time, then you know we've, we've called ourselves to fasting and prayer multiple times throughout our history. One of the ways that we've, we've practiced the fast is what's known as the partial fast. And this is one like during the season of Lent, the 40 days prior to Easter, where we go without something as we remember what Jesus did for us before uh, his death, burial, and resurrection. And so we, we go without to focus in, to repent of the things that we've done that put him on that cross. So there was the purpose of that. And so that's, that's that idea where we go without a certain food, um, a certain type of food, be it beef or be it sugar or be it, you know, something that would remind us that we really, really want. We've also practiced the whole fast. And this is a big one for us. We did this one. It's, it was, it's water only, where, where all you do is, is, is partake of water. And we've, we've done this several different times uh, when we were praying for something specific, something that's a little bit, uh, a little bit of a, a big thing. Uh, for us, you know, and so there's the whole fast where it's water only when we pray for specific needs. We've never done what's called the complete fast, though. The complete fast is, is when you go without food and you go without water. You put nothing in your body. This is saved for a very large request, big things. This is like whenever um, the people of God were about to be annihilated um, and Esther went before the king and she asked Mordecai to lead the people um, to, to partake of this complete fast where they went without food and water and anytime they were thirsty, anytime they were hungry, they just spent time just praying. And they spent time asking God to save their humanity, if you will. And, uh, and so we've never been in a place where that was uh, what we needed to do, you know, but, but we've practiced these. And so you can see there's, there's several different ways. These all have kind of centered around food. And so if you've been around Legacy, you, you've seen these, you've experienced these. If you are new to Legacy and, and, uh, and, and you've not experienced this just yet, well, welcome. We're glad you're here. This is a remarkable, remarkable thing. And so it may be new to you here. And, uh, and so, so denying yourself something that you use for comfort is a great reminder to keep your relationship with God first and foremost in your life. It's a beautiful spiritual exercise. And so if you're new to this, what we want to do tonight is let's just kind of get you in the motion of this. If you've been around for a while and, and you're like, yeah, I've, I've done this before and I'm with you, Danny, um, let's just remind ourselves. Because this week, Thanksgiving week, it may be that the Lord leads you to go without food one day this week, to do a whole fast one day this week, 
to pray for what we're going to be praying for because you know it's going to be required of you on Thursday or there's going to be a requirement of you on Friday or you know there's something coming up in your life this weekend or, or in this next month. You know, and so let's, let's kind of put this in our routine. So one thing to remember is that it is true that the most um, basic form of fasting, the most um, biblical form, if you will, is a food fast. No doubt about it. It's what is typically thought of whenever we think of fasting. What I want to also bring to your attention is that it is important to remember that fasting doesn't have to be limited to food. It can go beyond food. Uh, and in fact, for some of you that are in this room, it's going to be really important for your fast to not be food. I mean, if, if at some point in your life or maybe currently now, you're struggling with an eating disorder, it's going to be important for you to not withhold nourishment from your body during this time and perhaps maybe put you in a really downward spiral that the enemy can use. So what's something that's good could actually end up being devastating for you. If you find yourself that you've got diabetes, gout, liver disease, kidney disease, ulcers, hypoglycemia, cancer, blood diseases, these are all things that you probably need to take a hard look at going without food and sustenance um, as a spiritual discipline. And so alternatives can be something as simple as not going by and getting your latte every day this week. I know that may sound silly, but some of you really like your dadgum lattes, don't you? I mean, you really like those suckers, and that would be a major sacrifice for you. It may be something you need to do. Sugar, that's one. Did you know sugar is the number one addicted thing we have on our earth? Isn't that amazing to think about? It is like the number one drug. We're all programmed to love sugar from a very early age. It's in everything. Go without sugar. It's a major thing to have to navigate to sort it out. And then all of a sudden you're like, how many times a day you're called to prayer because you just decided to take sugar out of your diet for a week, for a month, two weeks, whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know another thing you can do? Fast eating out at restaurants. Take your meal. Take your food with you to work. Make sure that you're, 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 you're eating at home instead of eating out. It's a great way to fast, eating out at restaurants. You know, there's another one, a budget fast. You ever heard of that one before? There's some folks who will practice a budget fast, and what this basically means is, is that the only dollars that will be spent are on needs. Food, clothing, shelter. None of the other entertainment things, and you practice a budget fast for a certain period of time. Yeah, it could be amazing. And of course, there's technology, right? Technology is one of those that some folks will choose social media, video games, all that kind of stuff where you just fast those things. And every time you want to do those, it's a call to prayer. It's a call to lean in as you create that space in your life and communicate with the Lord. There's a lot of different ways that you can do this. Yes, food is the original. Yeah, food is the, is the OG fast. And beyond that, we can adapt it in certain ways where the Lord really can speak to us because we're going without something that we really, really need. But you've heard me talk about it, that it is important for us to know why we're fasting. It can be something as simple as you just want to get closer to the Lord. And so this reminds you to pray, um, reminds you to read, read Scripture and feast on His Word. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
But for us this week, I mean, here we are, it's the Thanksgiving season, we're entering into the holiday season, Christmas is coming, um, New Year's, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, as we read earlier, the main reason for the fast in this early church context in Acts chapter 13 was they were sending out missionaries. They were sending out um, Saul and Barnabas, and they were setting them aside for the, Lord, for the work to which God had called them. And so for us, this week, this month, we fast to set apart our attitude. We want to make sure that we are. We've been called to be missionaries. We were just talking about it in Legacy Group earlier today, where we're called to, to go and tell, to baptize, to teach people, to live life together with people in a way that our lives point them to Jesus. And so we want to set our lives apart, just like Paul and, and or, or excuse me, uh, Barnabas and Saul were, were set apart for the Lord. We want our lives to be set apart. And so this week, we fast to set apart our attitude. Yes, I know it's cheesy, but we want our attitude to be that of gratitude, where we look and see not just how much we can consume, but we look and see just how much the Lord has just poured out his blessing on us in so many ways because we have an abundance in our lives of so many things. And we can see that. Now this week, I mean, some of you guys are going to be entering into time with family and having an attitude of gratitude is a big challenge because there's people you're going to see this week that really know how to push your buttons, that really know how to give you a hard time, that really know how to say just the right thing to put you in the worst of the worst places where conflict seems inevitable. And man, you need, you need the Lord to save you. You need the Lord to overcome. And so, it, yeah, it may be partial fast. It may be whole fast. It may be whatever the case may be in order for the Lord to just kind of remind you. You're to be that person of peace. You're to be the person where you usher in the peace of the Lord to wherever you're going to be this week where you are present, where you are with people, and where you are willing to enter into their worlds and you deny yourself in the process. You elevate them over and above you. And I know some of you are saying, you're going, I'm talking words. You're like, dude, that's, that, you're talking miracle upon miracle upon miracle, Danny. I know. That's why we're fasting over this. That's why we're asking the Lord to do in us supernaturally what we just cannot do for ourselves to be quick to forgive, to be slow to speak and become slow, slow to become angry. We need the Lord to do these things. And so we want our attitude to be that of thanksgiving, where we praise the Lord and we are thankful for him. And so whatever form the Lord leads you, and in a little bit, we're going to have a response time where you get to ask the Lord, what do you need to do this week? Partial fast, whole fast, is it lattes, is it beef, is it, is it I don't know, chicken, whatever it is this week, right? What is the, and then what's the length of time? Is it just this week? Is it one day this week? Is it the remainder of this month? Just set your heart right on the things. What does God have for you here? And no matter what form God leads you to practice, when you find yourself desiring what you've been led to go without, my hope is that you will experience how God meets your needs and express praise and thanksgiving to the sustainer of life, the one that can do in you what you can't do for yourself. 
This is what we need. We need God. It's all there is to it. And that's what this discipline is all about, is to help us to see just how we need the Lord to focus our attitude on his goodness, especially in a time where there is no shortage of bad news that circles around us. We need the goodness of God. We are to be a good news people. The only way that happens is if the good news of Jesus is what is driving us to live the way that we live. And so when we hunger for something that we are intentionally going without, may we be reminded that what we're really hungry for is God's provision and God's sustenance in our life. Yes, it's true. We need food. We need food to survive. We need the Lord to help us live. We need the Lord to give us life here on this earth. And so hopefully this week, May God bring to our minds all the ways that he meets our needs and may we give thanks. Father, we love you and we praise your name today. And here we, here we are, Lord. We're in, a, we're in this place where, Lord, it may be that this week is full of people we can't wait to see. It may be that this week is full of people that we are terrified of entering into their presence. And Lord, everything in between. Lord, I pray that you will guide us. Lord, may we discipline ourselves. That, Lord, we know there is a connection. We need you to sustain us just like we need food to sustain our bodies. Lord, I pray that this week when we choose conscientiously to go without something, Lord, may it be something that is a sacrifice. And Lord, as we sacrifice that something, whatever space we create there, Lord, will you fill it? Lord, as we are reminded to call on you, Lord, will you sustain us? Will you show us your goodness? Will you show us your kindness? Will you show us your forgiveness, your mercy, and your grace? And Lord, I pray that as we, with praise and thanksgiving, respond to your presence, Lord, may we then do unto others as you would have us do unto them. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.